Welcome to today's edition of the Bible Class. Our teacher, Dr. Kenneth C. Hill, is teaching from the New Testament book of John. You may send your questions by email through our website at whcbradio.org. That's whcbradio.org. Or you may mail your questions to the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blutville, Tennessee, 37617. And now, here is Dr. Hill with today's lesson. Welcome to the Bible class. We are continuing the study of the Gospel according to John, and we are in the very ends of the book. In chapter 21, we've already come to verse 11. Allow me to speak a little bit about verses 1 through 11 in review before we continue. We saw the self-will of Peter and the other apostles as they went into the boat to go fishing. We saw that service in self-will with human leadership, such as Peter's, is barren. It is worthless. It achieves nothing but toil and trouble. The blessings come, the increase comes, the good things come when one follows Christ's direction and you are following Christ's will instead of your own will. The result, of course, was no fish when they decided to go fishing on their own, and 150 and three fish when they went to the side of the boat as Christ directed. We see here um, a lesson for you and for me that our desire, while it may not be sinful, it may not be bad, it may not be wrong, it may not be misdirected in the strictest sense, our desire to do something may not be the same as the desire the Lord has for us to do whatever it is that he's chosen for us to do. We find often that our paths are detoured. We have a change in direction. We find often that uh, the plans that we have made are not complete. And we have to go to plan B, C, D, or even a different further iteration of a plan. We do not know the end from the beginning as our Lord does. Nor do we have within us the ability to foresee any portion of the future. We may discern what could happen. We may discern what probably will happen, but we cannot see it. Only God has that prerogative. And so we learn a lesson here that our self-will is to be put aside and we are to find the directive will of Christ. Also, I find this a very interesting portion of Scripture because these verses... Uh, chapter 21, verses 1 through 11, were used as my ordination service 
when I was ordained an elder uh, in the uh, denomination in which I serve. And in that ordination of an elder or pastor's status, the uh, pastor who was preaching that sermon was Lester Smith. Lester Smith was well known in the Kingsport and Scott County, Virginia areas, and perhaps wider than that, but certainly in those areas, and had pastored for quite a number of years in Lingarden, in that portion of North Kingsport. And he preached this ordination sermon in 1986, and I had it marked in my old Bible, and I was reminded of his presentation. I won't go into great detail except to say that uh, this passage has been of importance to me simply because it was used at such an auspicious occasion as my ordination. I was not the only one in that service. There were several other young men that were ordained as well. And the point that uh, Brother Smith made in his ordination sermon was that there were two other of his disciples in this ship besides those named. Of course, we had Simon Peter, Thomas the twin, Nathaniel of Cana, Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee. But then unnamed were two other disciples, and he made the point that that disciple, those disciples could be you and could be me, as he put it. And then he made the application of the scripture to those two present disciples, you and me. Uh, quite an impacting statement, uh, an interesting use of Scripture, but uh, quite an impacting statement nonetheless. And here's what I would want you to learn from it. I want you to learn that self-will is always worthless. Your decisions, your leadership as a human being, you're following the leadership of other human beings, will wind up in the garbage heap, will not bring you success that you want, will not necessarily be contrary to God, but it certainly will not be what God would have as your best. And so forsake self-will and forsake human leadership and look for Christ-directed service. And in our case, as 21st century Christians, we need to make sure that we are depending upon the leadership of God the Holy Spirit in each day and every day of our lives. That is of utmost importance. Jesus, in verse 12, saith, unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples dared, durst is the word in the King James, durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus said to them in verse 12 there, Come and have breakfast with me. You've been toiling all night. It's time for you to have your breakfast. It's time for you to eat. Let's eat together. 
Now, there's something about having a meal together. They had had the Last Supper together, and now here's a breakfast meal that the resurrected Christ is inviting them to. The Last Supper was the Passover meal. It was a sorrowful occasion as the apostles, the disciples, learned of the impending death of their Lord and Savior, of their one that they had been following, the one they believed to be the Messiah. And yet, after this, after the death of Christ, after his uh, incarceration, if you will, in the tomb for three days and three nights, he came forth triumphant over the grave, resurrected from the grave. And so here he is as the host once again, welcoming these disciples and inviting them to come and have breakfast. Now, these disciples were getting a little more understanding in what they should or should not do. You know, they were sort of clods, really. Um, they uh, had a problem in um, interpersonal communications, perhaps. Uh, they certainly had a problem in um, in some of the finer graces of uh, social um, compatibility. The um, situation in the past had always been whenever they got together, they would growl and argue about who was going to be the greatest and who was going to do what in the kingdom. Here, there was no such argument. There was no such conversation. Jesus had invited them to come and have breakfast, and none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Now, this was the resurrected Lord in his resurrected body. This is the Lord that passed through the walls and the doors to come and greet a group of disciples now twice. This is the third appearance to the disciples. He appeared to others, and we find that throughout uh, the Synoptic Gospels. But here he is in this glorified state, or I should say in his resurrected state, his resurrected body. And nobody dared to ask him who he was because they knew he was the Lord. Now, how did they know that? Because they perceived it. Perception is a wonderful thing. Perception sometimes includes a little bit of uh, intuition. Perception includes history. Our history in some area helps with our perception. Um, perception is clouded by prejudices. Perception is enhanced uh, by experiences. And yet here they are with this perception that they knew who this person was. And they should have known. It's Jesus the Christ. So none of them dared ask, who are you? Because they knew who he was. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. Notice he took bread and he took 
fish, and gave, and they ate. Now this is an exceptional thing, an exceptional thing, because the master of the universe has brought you breakfast. You thought uh, having breakfast in bed in some uh, fashion was some sort of special thing. How about breakfast on the seacoast of the Sea of Galilee with Jesus Christ, the resurrected Christ? What kind of a breakfast would that be? What kind of an exciting time would that be? Do you know you can enjoy the fellowship with this Christ Jesus himself every morning, every afternoon, every evening, all day long? He wants us to have our fellowship with him. And when we are told that we are to pray without ceasing, that is part of this thing of fellowship with Jesus Christ. Oh, how weak I am and how slovenly I am in spiritual matters because I do not achieve prayer without ceasing. And I could say the same for you, but I won't pick at you and I won't poke at you. I won't even point to you. I will just say that we have the invitation to come and dine with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ all day, every day, because he wants to fellowship with us. It's his desire. Why are we reluctant to do so? What is it? What is the sin in our heart or what is the impediment in our soul that keeps us from having this time of fellowship daily, throughout the day, throughout the night, with Almighty God. Here he invites his disciples to come and dine. They did. He brought them bread. He brought them fish. He fed them. They knew who he was. And they received the gifts that he gave them. Can we do any less? Will you do any less? We need to be fellowshipping with our Savior. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? When he was referring to these, was he referring to the fish? Was he referring to the bread? Was he referring to the, the food that they had had? No, he was referring to the other disciples. And he called him, now here we go, as I look at it again, he called him Simon, son of Jonas. Lovest thou me more than these? Do you love me more than these other disciples love me? And he didn't call him Rock, which was the name he gave him, he called him Simon, his old name, before he was given the name of Rock upon this very rock. You are a rock upon this rock. He wasn't the rock. He was Cephas. He was Simon. So anyway, he called him Simon. And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him, 
Again, the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved, because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things, thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Peter had denied the Lord three times. And here Christ, in his love, gave Peter the opportunity to express his love for Christ three times. And John, in his writing here of this account, probably used the two different words that are used for love in this uh, portion synonymously, um, phileo and agapeo. And you can find this in Matthew twenty six thirty three and Mark fourteen twenty nine. If you look at verse um, 15, where it's the first, lovest thou me more than these, Christ said, feed my lambs, and that is a literal feed my lambs, or feed my sheep, as he repeated in the other two verses. But this also, in verse um, 16, verses 15 and 17 are the same word for uh, feed my sheep. Uh, verse 16 was to tend to my sheep, tend to my lambs, tend to my flock. And so we have here um, two times he's told literally to feed my sheep, and one time he's told to tend to the sheep, which feed my sheep is also a good translation, but it goes further than feeding, it's protecting. It's um, shepherding. It's uh, helping with all that the lamb or the sheep would need. It is being the shepherd of the sheep. Now, look at this love that Christ showed to Peter, or to Simon, as he's called. He's not called the rock, he's called Simon. And Christ said, Do you love me more than these? You love me more than these disciples. First time, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Then the command, if you love me, then this is what you are to do. You are to feed my, my sheep, my lambs. Same thing second time, you're to tend to my sheep. Same thing third time. And notice Peter was grieved in the third instance, no doubt recalling his denial of Christ. Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Now that's the beginning of wisdom here. Thou knowest all things. You know my heart. You know where it's bad. You know where it's good. You know what the problems are. You know what the good things will do. You know what I'm capable of doing, both good and bad. 
And he said to him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus, for the third time, gave him the command, feed my sheep. Now, this is important to see the love that Christ had for Peter because he was not shut out. He was brought in. He was not shut out. He was brought in. He was given the opportunity to um, forcefully say, yes, I love you. And no doubt this was done in front of every one of these disciples so they could see Peter profess his love for Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. Thank you for joining us today for this edition of the Bible Class with Dr. Kenneth C. Hill. You may reach us by email by going to our website, whcbradio.org, and sending us an email on the Contact Us link. That's whcbradio.org. If you prefer to use the Postal Service, our address is The Bible Class, WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. That's The Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. You may also call us at 423-878-6279. Until our next Bible Class program, we are trusting that the Lord will richly bless you as you serve Him.